What's going on, everyone? This is Poppin' Champagne. I'm your host, Zach Perlutsky. I'm your co-host, Jake Melnick. If you missed the trailer, this is the next best fantasy sports podcast where we help you win your fantasy week and hopefully your fantasy league. And Jake, it was not a great week for us when it comes to fantasy. Why don't you tell uh, everyone how your week went? Yeah, it started off really well. I think I was winning every single hitting category. And all of a sudden, um, here comes Mr. Justin Seal Thursday. He gave up seven runs and two innings for all those people who did not start him or have any idea what the Cubs are doing against the Reds of all teams who are just, you know, garbage all year. So pitching-wise, terrible. Team I'm playing has a hell of a weekend, and I just end up losing on basically two holds at a three, on the 3 o'clock Sunday games and a home run in the 6 o'clock Sunday night baseball game, and, and that was it. I went from winning my, my matchup to losing in about a span of two hours, so. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, and I went 0-2 this week. Um, just for context, I'm in one league that Jake and I are in the same league that uh, it's kind of a, what would you say, a matchup-based, you it's know, head categories. Head-to-head head head categories. Head-to-head head categories. Um, and then another league that I'm in is points-based. Um, and also in that league, you set your lineup at the start of the week. And once that first game for that player goes, they're kind of locked in. Uh, so I went 0-2 this week. In the league that Jake and I are in, I'm a, in a little bit of a conundrum because, you know, the injury bug is hitting me. Um, and we only have four IL spots that I've got. I had to, you know, I had to start Dylan Carlson in my outfields and he's on the IL. So I've, I've been down hitters. Uh, I've been trying to string together some pitchers. Um, basically blew a, a 9-0-1 lead uh, Saturday afternoon. So... Um, but that's how fantasy goes. So, you know, you can't win, you can't win every week. Um, but it's definitely not a great week for us to start the podcast on. So hopefully people listening to this don't lose confidence in us because we are actually pretty good at fantasy. Um, you know, the guy who didn't win the league last year, you know, I I don't think I played last year because you, 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 you did. You didn't play in 2020. Okay. Okay. Okay, fair. He, this, this guy doesn't even know what league he's in or what he's playing in. So time don't trust an, anything. Time is an saying. illusion. You can trust what I'm saying, but don't trust him. That's all. Time is an illusion. That's fair. That's, wh- that's where we are in the world. That's fair. All right. So a tough week for us, but we want to get right into some segments so we make sure that you guys listening don't have the same week that we had. So, Jake, we're going to start with a couple of players, a few players that we are targeting this upcoming week we think are primed to break out would be great stashes, great steals, great pickups in your league. Who do you got, Jake? Yeah. So I'm going to start off this list um, with a guy who's 21% owned and he might be a name that some teams have already been targeting, but Santiago Espinal, he's owned in 21% of leagues on ESPN. So for reference, um, I, I only go on ESPN. So for anybody who's on CBS, any other website, he might be owned in more leagues there, but on ESPN, at least he's 21% owned. And for everyone we'll be talking about, it'll, it'll be ESPN percentage-based. But um, one, one note on, on Santiago Espinal is I love the multi-positional eligibility. As, as Zach, you were saying, just guys are getting injured left and right. You got guys on the IL. Guys who have multi-positional eligibility and are producing are hard to find in fantasy. Um, 
Espinal's second and third base eligible, so he fits in that corner infield, middle infield slot too. So he he fills a lot of needs. Um, but I'd say one of the things that is pushing me to target him now is just where he's hitting the order. So he was starting. Um, he actually started the the year on the bench for for the Blue Jays, and last year he kind of played kind of that utility man role. Um, but this year, uh, Kevin Biggio got hurt early in the season, and it opened up a role for Espinal, and he started hitting in like the seven, eight, nine hole. And the Blue Jays have been struggling all year on offense. I don't think that's that's a a secret to anybody. But he he's been in one of the bright spots, honestly. So he got moved up to the two hole recently, and I think over the weekend he actually led off a game. So if you're looking for runs, you're looking for a guy with multi positional eligibility, looking for a guy who might be hitting in the top of the order and and what should be a good offense. I, I think he, he could be a guy that is good to target. Any thoughts? I definitely like that pick. Uh, someone that I'm looking at um, coming up and kind of just because of the injuries that they're seeing on this team right now and kind of just the position that they're in, especially this upcoming week, this team has uh, seven games, which is always, you know, when you're looking at a, a week, you, you know, you want those, those seven games, especially if you're a hitter and if you can get a pitch who's going two starts, I mean, obviously those are um, some of the priorities, but I'm looking at a St. Louis Cardinal, Juan Yepes. He's been in the big leagues for a few weeks now. He started off, I mean, on fire. He, yeah. you know, he's, he's, you know, they're calling him like the baby Albert Pujols. I mean, you know, you can't get much better than that. He has, I'd say cooled off a little bit, um, but this is a team that right now they're missing two of their starting outfielders when the season opened, Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, Paul DeYoung is in AAA right now. So they have three of their, starting eight opening day hitters that are not with the team right now, whether they're on the IL or they're in AAA. Obviously you've got Paul Goldschmidt, arguably the hottest hitter in the league right now um, playing first base, which is a position that Yepes plays. So he's not probably going to see a lot of time there, but definitely in the DH role is a place that he has slipped into a lot for the Cardinals. And I think it's a spot that, um, you know, especially, depending on how long O'Neal and Carlson are out that he'll continue to go into, um, you know, Cardinals bringing up a lot of players. They got Nolan Gorman. They got a lot of these, these young hitters who they're trying to just pair with Goldschmidt and Arenado, um, you know, and Harrison Bader to an extent is just, been, you know, one of those guys who's been up there, but I think Juan Yepes is going to stick with this team for a while. Um, and especially right now, given kind of the injury situation that the Cardinals are facing, I think he's someone, I believe 23% owned ESPN leagues. So this is someone that would be a good pickup for now. And I could see this guy sticking uh, with the big club for the rest of the year. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's a great call. And Zach, no surprise, St. Louis bias for all those listening. Zach is a St. Louis native currently has a blues flag in the background. We won't talk too much about the blues because they just lost um, to the Avalanche. Anyway, anyway. And anyway. we're going to keep talking anyway. about that because it really hurts anyway. Zach's feelings. But um, no, Yepes, I, I agree. He, he He's one of those guys who, um, Albert Pujols has recently said, he's he's basically a mini-me. Um, I don't know if I was what game I was watching. It might have been the YouTube game of the week. But uh, they had Pujols on the broadcast and he just says yep has follows him around in the, dug- the dugout asking him questions constantly and for any young player that's something you really like to see and i, I agree that the cardinals bringing up a, young- a bunch of young guys don't don't discount the the Pujols effect there i think his knowledge and his expertise in hitting will, will carry over to a lot of those guys so anybody who's coming up for the cardinals right now 
Uh, definitely, definitely not a bad idea to keep looking at them. But anyway, I move on to another one. Um, going to the West Coast, man who's owned at 1.7% of league, so not very much, and I think it's really due to his playing time before, but Edwin Rios. So this is a guy who really hasn't hit much against lefties this year, and one of the things that has kept him out of the lineup is the Dodgers are really deep, and I, I think one of the other reasons is that Max Muncy was a guy who – a left-handed hitter, um, typically somebody they trust in that lineup. He's recently got put on the IL, and I think he's going to stick there for a while. He's got a, a pretty hard elbow injury going on. I'm not sure if he's going to need surgery or not, but um, I could see more at-bats for Rios there. And, and I was watching a game the other day, and he was he was hitting off he, – he was left in the game against lefties, which is something that's odd for the Dodgers. The Dodgers like late in games to, to get matchups, and – Edwin Rios staying in a game that was close against a lefty is, is huge. And to that extent, he, he hit a, a shot that didn't, didn't result in a hit, but basically to the wall and center field off a lefty. So I think the Dodgers are trusting him more in the lineup and trusting him against lefties. And so if his playing time starts to increase, it could be good to get out ahead of that right now because all he's done when he's in the lineup is produce. So just somebody to keep an eye on, but, um, if he starts getting more at bats, definitely somebody that will be targeted in more leagues. Definitely a good pick, and I know I got a couple of Dodgers players on a, on a, on my two teams, so I definitely have been uh, kind of, you know, following that team on the MLB app and, and things like that. And his name is has definitely popped up when I'm kind of checking through the box score, seeing how how my players are doing. So definitely, uh, definitely a good sleeper pick. I got uh, one more kind of from my end of someone who could be a good person to. Uh, target, you know, this, this week and, and the coming weeks. And I'm going to stay with you uh, when we're talking about the NL West, Christian Walker of the Arizona Diamondbacks, 27% owned um, in ESPN. This is a interesting stat line he's got so far this season. Um, you know, when you're talking about his average versus kind of his, his maybe more power numbers hitting right now, 193, um, which is admittedly, not great. I don't think any, you know, I don't mean just going to sugarcoat that, but that I don't think number tells the whole story. This has been a man who's been kind of, you know, heating up in recent weeks. And then you go over to kind of some of the more power numbers, um, especially like in our league, we do an OPS style. So it's not so much about the average. It's kind of that plus the power. Um, he's got 12 home runs and 22 RBIs and, and 23 runs. Anytime you're in the double digit home runs before June, I think you're a hot commodity. What does I think Mookie leads the NL with yeah, he's, 14, he's like 11 home runs, in 14. Maine, so. Yeah. But I mean, he's got 14 home runs and he leads the league. And this man's two home runs off of the NL home run lead. Uh, and we're talking a couple months into the season and he's still, you know, 27% owns. And I think the diamondbacks are a team that, um, you know, I don't think a lot of people had expectations for them. You know, they might be a year or two away from, from being where, you know, they think they can really contend, but this has been a team that I think has exceeded expectations in terms of, you know, winning ball games so far this year. Um, you know, and I think a big reason why is kind of their hitting, obviously, you know, they've got some, some pitchers like Merrill Kelly who have, you know, have kind of taken it, taken a step forward this year. Um, but I think to stay, you know, in that NL West, you got, you know, some great pitching staffs, you got some big ballparks, um, but this Diamondbacks team can hit and Christian Walker 
you know, recently in the middle of that lineup um, or in that lineup has been a big reason why. So I think Christian Walker is a good, a good man to target, um, especially if you are, you know, you are needing some power in your lineup. If you're, if you're looking for home runs, um, you know, I know that I think I had five home runs this week, which is, <laughs> is not very good. So, you know, you could never have too many home runs in your lineups, whether you're talking about the RBIs that produces obviously a home run category. If you do points, obviously home runs are, are great. Um, so Christian Walker is, is my other target under 30% owned in ESPN leagues. Um, and I think he's another one that is, could, could be there to stick for yeah. the rest of the season. And something, I think it's a great point you brought up. He's in that middle, middle of that lineup. And I don't think anybody's going to be pushing for playing time in fantasy baseball. I think in any fantasy sport, really playing time is king. So, uh, I don't think there's any worry that a guy hitting under 200 is going to be pulled out of that lineup, especially if he's producing uh, with the power. One thing I was also looking at is his StatCast page, and um, his, his hard hit percentage is right on par with his, with his career numbers. So in terms of thinking if this is going to continue, I, I, I think that Christian Walker, I know hard hit percentage isn't something that tells the whole story, but if a guy is hitting the ball just as hard as he has been his whole career, I, I, I honestly think it's something that's sustainable. So um, – yeah, I agree there. Another good guy to keep an eye on. And one other one I had, um, going back to my bias, going or going back to biases, uh, Christopher Morrell of the Chicago Cubs, a guy who was just called up from double A a week and a half ago in his first at-bat. Uh, he was the one who had that moment, right? Yeah, where he was just count. absolutely freaking out. And I was like, buddy, you know, you're on the Cubs this year. No offense to the Cubs, but, you know, hey. who is it? Was it the Pirates that they were hey, playing? Hey, hey. The was Cubs, it? The Cubs was haven't the had a moment since 2016, so let them have something. Yeah, the fans at Wrigley got really into this. He was, I think he was down 0-2 when he worked a 3-2 count. The fans started to get loud because they knew it was his debut. And he, he's a guy who, who doesn't walk a lot. He strikes out not a ton, but a guy who's kind of a free swinger, kind of a Baez approach, but makes a little bit more contact. And, and he smoked the ball to left field. And I mean smoked it. I, it was no question off the bat. He did the little Sammy Sosa two-hop. He did it all. He, he, he's going to be embraced by Cubs fans, which is part of the reason I think he's somebody to target because the Cubs are just looking for guys uh, to give him a spark. And I think the Cubs are, are willing to give some of the younger players a look this year just to see who they have in trade pieces. Um, as well as, you know, middle of the year, you could be seeing guys get traded and Morrell could still be in that lineup. So he's only 4% owned right now. I, I don't know if the playing time is going to stick when everyone gets healthy. The Cubs still have Nick Madrigal on the IL, David Bodie still on the IL. Um, there are some guys in that lineup who are going to be coming back. Morel plays everywhere, though. I think he's got second, third, short outfield eligibility in, in ESPN leagues. So in terms of versatility, he's got it. And I think the Cubs um, are going to look to keep him up if he keeps producing. And, and I don't think there's any question that he can keep producing, especially um, seeing the confidence the Cubs have given him. And he's recently hit at the top of that order. So I know the Cubs aren't that exciting, similar to the, the, the Diamondbacks this year, but Morrell, another guy, I think that with some playing time adjustments could be a good spark for runs, maybe even some power and some sneaky steals later in the year. And then just uh, quickly, I'm just going to run through a couple of pitchers. Um, 
who are slated to have two starts this upcoming week since we touched on only hitters. And I know pitching is obviously a, a, another big part of, of a of fantasy baseball. So just some names that are, are not Roster rostered shape? in a lot of leagues. Uh, we got okay. Jacob Junis for the Giants. He's been, I, I think, pretty solid so far for that team this year, kind of going off of last year. You talked about Justin Steele. Uh, he is slated for, for a couple of starts this upcoming week if, you, if you're looking for that Dylan Bundy who started off great this season has kind of fallen off um you know Zach Plesak uh Paul Blackburn just some names that aren't rostered at, at a ton of leagues um if you're looking for a couple starts to pick off pick up and then obviously you got the big boys we got but Walker Bueller's making two starts this week Kevin Gosman Pablo Lopez Logan Webb Julio Urias from Duvaldez so if you have any of those guys in your league uh you're already already a leg up I so are, i think those guys are out of starts and any starts at this point yeah i'm just saying you have a leg up that you know oh. you you know you got you got two starts from your from your big boys this week uh which is always a great feeling when you see on a monday or tuesday you know that you got uh, one of your aces going and then Until you know you get them, you're seven, getting them on the back end as well so they blow up for seven runs on a thursday and blow your home. well justin yeah. Steele's not uh, i'm not, not saying not a, justin not ace, Steele. So. i'm not saying you know it can happen Anyways. to anybody all right, well, we're going to move on to our next segment. Uh, Jake has got some, some boys who are either uh, about to be called up, he thinks, to the majors, or have recently been called up, who he thinks would be great players for you guys to stash, put on your bench for a little bit, um, and then they will be able to help you win, kind of what we're getting closer to that crunch time. Jake, who do you got yeah. for us? Um, so, Nolan Gorman, he's been talked about. Royce Lewis just got called up. Those guys, I think in most leagues have probably already been picked up. And if Nolan Gorman is still not picked up in your league, go get him. He has been striking out a ton or had strike out a ton. He hit the, the longest home run in Bush stadium this year. He yeah. hit a home run longer than Vlad jr. Hit a monster home run this week mm-hmm. over the, over the bullpen into the yeah. stands in left field. I shouldn't have talked. And about Nolan Gorman yeah. hit a longer home. Run. So I'm just saying, fault. you know, he is, he, I mean, you know, when you bring up like Javi Baez, you know, the oh. strikeout a lot and the yeah. power, I think he's, um, he's maybe got less strikeout. He's not as extent, you know, he's not as good a fielder. I don't even know if we consider you, Baez you as good a fielder, but, but anyway, sorry finish to finish on Nolan Gorman. Cause take I think care. he's been not, he hasn't been striking out nearly as much in the majors. Um, he had like a 35, close to a 40% striker strikeout rate in AAA. And it hasn't been there. Um, in the majors quite yet. I think when the league adjusts to him, he might approach that 30% range, but yeah. Um, not one of the guys I was going to be talking about, but I just wanted to make sure that if he hasn't been picked up, definitely pick him up. Royce Lewis too. Uh, he might've just gotten injured the day he got called up. He, he caught, uh, he, he made a great play in center field and hit the wall hard. And I think he hurt the same knee that he had ACL surgery on last year, which is never a good sign, but, um, more news to come. We're recording this on a Sunday night. So if you're, listening to this on Monday or throughout the week, you know, that could have changed uh, what you're going to do with Royce Lewis for the future. But as of right now, I'd say if, if he's going to be healthy, another guy to keep, keep in mind, who's already up in the league, but guys who aren't up in the league and uh, actually will be a little bit pitching focused and uh, probably some, some guys who could be on rosters already, but Grayson Rodriguez for the Orioles and the Orioles have been historically slow in bringing up their prospects. I think we can all agree that Adley um, was ready as a catching prospect for them. He got called up this past week, obviously another guy who's not who, if he wasn't owned, make sure you got him on your roster too. But 
Grayson Rodriguez, just to give you an idea of what he's been doing in AAA this year, a 2-3-2 ERA in 10 games, 50 innings pitched, 76 strikeouts, and that's the key right there. This guy is going to strike out a ton of guys. I don't think it's going to matter. AAA hitters, MLB hitters, I think this guy's got great stuff. So I think he's close. I'm not sure what the Orioles have planned. It's hard to read the Orioles. They got they got some new leadership in, in their front office in the past couple of years. So the story on them being a little bit late to bringing guys up might not be as true. And it might just been um, uh, a coincidence with Adley and just how he was a little bit injured early in the year. But Grayson Rodriguez, I think a guy to keep an eye on and could be close to coming up. Sticking with pitching and going uh, to, back to my biases here is somebody who might not be on a lot of people's radars, but I think will be close to being called up and could get some innings in the major leagues is Caleb Killian. Um, this guy's got a, a decent pitch mix. He throws, I think, three or four pitches. And in, in his stats in AAA currently is a 206 ERA, uh, nine games started, 40 innings pitch. Still not as many strikeouts, 41 strikeouts, but um, – Another just another pitcher who I think will be really close to getting called up. And with Wade Miley going to the IL for the Cubs, I think any other injury to that staff, Caleb Killian's name is going to be called next. And he's been striking out a ton of guys too in AAA and his stuff's look good. Every time I see something on Twitter about a Cubs AAA pitcher or a Cubs minor league pitcher, it's usually Caleb Killian. So just another name to think about. And then finally, Zach, um, kind of going into a hitter here, a guy who was supposed to make the opening day roster, honestly, for the Detroit Tigers and was hitting pretty well for them in spring training was a uh, Riley green. He's an outfielder for all those who don't know. And he also might be already rostered in some leagues just because of how good he was in spring and due to some drafts actually happening uh, before his injury, but he, I think he fractured his foot. Um, so he's kind of, in that time frame where he's starting his rehab assignments, I'm not sure how long he's going to be down there. I've heard mid June as the target date to get him potentially back to a full-time play or that's in the major leagues or in triple a, I do not know at this point, there's some indications from a lot of the people in the league that he's probably going to get a chance with the major league club once he's ready to go. And just to give you an idea of how he was hitting last year in triple uh, a, he, was, he split his time between AA and AAA. He hit 300 in both. He got 40 games, 168 bats, 168 bats in AAA last year, which is a really good sample size. Eight home runs, 30 RBIs, stole some bases. He slugged for 553. His OPS was 953. Just talking about a guy who can immediately bring a spark to your lineup. Someone, Zach's talking about power with Christian Walker. Riley Green, some guy who might not be on a lot of people's radars, who was supposed to make an opening day roster. Um, definitely a guy to keep in mind uh, and maybe stash right now before anybody gets the news that he's on his rehab assignment because he's already gotten two games in. So the more he plays, the more he'll probably be showing up on Twitter feeds and in other articles as people keep seeing what he's doing. But yeah, Zach, that's, those were the guys I had in mind. Awesome. Well, th thanks for sharing, Jake. Mm -hmm. And we hope that kind of some of these names, uh, you know, if anybody does pick any of these guys up, um, you know, hopefully it, it helps push you over the edge this week and, and in the coming weeks. But I want to turn out to kind of, I think, our, our favorite, not even fantasy story, but probably sports story that we've had. I think probably story for me that year. I mean, if you haven't heard, 
you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast because you're not a true fantasy sports or whoa, 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 whoa. Fan, These are the but... people who are learning fantasy, Zach. We're teaching them. Don't worry. Okay. So basically, uh, we had an incident earlier uh, or late last week, if you're listening on Monday. Um, Jack Peterson, now of the San Francisco Giants. Tommy Pham, now of the Cincinnati Reds. So the way the story is being told is Jack Peterson – and Tommy Pham are, were a part of a big money fantasy football league. And when you're talking professional athletes and they say it's a big money league, I mean, I don't even want to guess where the money's at, but it's no. probably a lot more than probably a lot more than, than we were able to spend on fantasy sports. So it's probably, you know, we're, I would be safe to say we're talking thousands of dollars at least. At least. Um, so the way that Jack Peterson told the story, um, and I don't think I've seen Tommy Pham really address this in terms of telling kind of his side of the story besides saying like, yeah, this is true. But the way Jack Peterson told the story is that uh, they were in a fantasy football league together. Jack Peterson had a player who was ruled out. I don't know if it was because of COVID or injury or whatever, but basically he put that player in his IR slot um, in fantasy football and picked up another player, which from the sounds of that, totally valid, totally legit move, something that I have done, something that, I mean, why wouldn't everyone has done option? It's, it's a totally legit move. So Tommy Pham allegedly got very upset about that, you know, accused Jack of messing with his money. Um, And kind of the second part of this story is that Jack Peterson, who last year uh, split time between the Cubs, Cubs, right. And then he got traded before he got traded the Braves. He was on the Cubs before that, right? He was on the Cubs for the first half and then Cubs and then got to the deadline of the Braves, obviously went on to win the world series with them. Um, But before that, you know, he'd been a a Dodger for, for his career. So he's very familiar with kind of the guys in the West. Um, And there's a few, obviously a lot of MLB players in this league, a few other Padres. So Jack Peterson posted a GIF in the fantasy football league's group chat. And it was basically three weightlifters. Each of the weightlifters had, um, you know, kind of a logo of the Dodgers, the Giants, and the Padres over them. Obviously, those three teams for the first two-thirds of the year, first half, two-thirds of the year, mm-hmm. it, you know, primed all three of them to make the playoffs. It was just a matter of who was winning the division and who were the two wildcard teams. Um, the Padres fell off at the end completely. They sucked, I'll, you know, put it, yeah. put it that way. Cardinals ended up getting the wildcard spot, but... The GIF was basically, um, you know, the, the, the weightlifter who had the Padres, you know, logo over him basically like just collapsed and then was, you know, basically saying he wasn't strong enough, basically just ragging on the Padres for, 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 for sucking and, and not making the playoffs. Tommy Pham got very offended and listen, you know, like if, if I was on the Padres and that happened, I would probably also get offended if you didn't know this guy. But to then come hold that for eight, ten months, Tommy Fam, and there's a video on Twitter, um, and we'll 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 retweet it to our account. So uh, go follow us on Twitter, PC Fantasy Sports on Twitter. Uh, we'll retweet this video so you guys can see kind of what we're talking about. He slaps. He like Will Smith at the Oscars. Will everything. Slaps Jock Peterson in the at the warning track during pregame like warm-ups yeah it's like the most absurd thing obviously tommy fam got suspended for the entire weekend series um i would love to have seen how what would have happened if he stepped into the batter's box because tommy fam is a he wears his emotions on his sleeves 
He's a firecracker. I think just for me, the time, the fact that this was so long ago, and I think it's also, we should note that Tommy Pham left that fantasy football league. So he, he has no, they are no longer in the same fantasy football league, which is probably for the best. But I mean, obviously I think we saw the reports. We saw the post game press conference. The video started to come out and it seems like, it seems like every day this weekend, Jack Peterson was doing a new press conference with, you know, our new gaggle as locker with kind of new information and receipts and, and all this stuff. Jake, what was your reaction when you, yeah. you know, kept hearing the layers to the story? So initially I'll run it back to when I first saw something about Bam and Pete and Jack getting into like some sort of altercation, a random Twitter account on like the Cincinnati Reds, like main, uh, like account Reds tweeted something out and there was a random user who's like fam just slapped jock i'm like there's no way this is just fake like what's going on who knows it's just twitter can be a place of endless dark holes you can rabbit holes you can go down so didn't think anything of it come to find out jeff pass and tweets this out or retweets this the whole story and the first thing i thought of was if you can't handle fantasy football smack talk it's, it's time to leave the league. And I think Fan did leave the league like almost instantly. I, I don't even know, or he, I don't even know that part of the story, but <clears throat> my initial reaction was Fan probably shouldn't be doing fancy sports, but that's just me. You know, if, if somebody is talking trash to me in fantasy, I just think the bad omens of the fantasy gods will eventually come back and bite them. My, my point of view is if you have a good team, it shouldn't matter what the other teams do. So fam, honestly, I, I got a good laugh out of it. And maybe my favorite part of the whole thing is Jack Peterson in front of his locker, reading the texts that he sent to the group and showing the media, the actual gif of what he sent to the group. Jack didn't care at all. Just was rolling fam to the media so, yeah, overall. Jack, Jack Peterson came out of this, I think, just so much you, better. You, ha- you, you, cannot, you cannot not be a fan of Jack Peterson after kind of just the way he, he approached this. I mean, he just, he's just one of those guys in the league that I think, like, you just, you know, I think everybody or most people would just be like, I want to be friends with that guy. Like, Do that you know guy that? just, you know, that guy has fun. Um, you know, he's, he's able best. to take a slap, but... The best thing for Jack Peterson was leaving the Dodgers. He went to the Cubs and Cubs fans started to like kind of see this funny guy. And then he went to the Braves and he had the whole Pearl thing. And I think people started to recognize he's just like this huge uh, jokester in the clubhouse. And I agree. Like, I think now the entire nation knows Jack Peterson is hilarious. I think Jack has won the hearts of many Americans and many, many fantasy sports players. So uh, yeah. If Jack doesn't get like some sort of deal from some fantasy like website, I'd be shocked. This this man's gonna get paid some sort of sponsorship. Yeah, so that was uh, I mean, one of my favorite uh, fantasy real world intersecting sports stories I've heard in, in a very long time. Um, Blue, just want to quickly the Blues were my favorite this week. Yeah, the Blues. just want to go over um, kind of some. You know, yeah. real life sports. Kind of, mm-hmm. we got the NBA Finals set now. We got the Warriors versus Celtics. Do you have a, a team that you're like that you're liking in that series? What do you What are you looking for? Obviously, it's the Finals. I think a lot of interest in that. Uh, maybe not. You know, unless you're playing 
daily mm-hmm. fantasy. I don't know how well that would work with just two teams, but no. you know, Do throwing down some cash on a on one of the teams to win the series. Who, who are you liking in that series? I, like, I want Golden State to win. Who knows? Do I really want Golden State to win? No. Did I want them in the finals? No. Did I want the Celtics in the finals? Probably not. But if I have to root for watch, if I yeah, if I have to root for one, I'll probably just root for them to like score fifty points each, and it just to be a terrible series. But probably Golden State. It'll be interesting though. I think you know Boston's got that great defense. Obviously, the Warriors got so much firepower on offense. Um, You know, I'm assuming Draymond's going to guard Tatum, and I'm assuming Marcus Smart's going to guard probably Steph. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think just kind of the matchups within the matchups will be interesting to see. And obviously the Warriors have been off for a few days at this point. Um, the Celtics just clinching Sunday night. Um, so I think, and I believe that starts on Tuesday. Uh, I'll, I'll have to double check that. So I think it's starting uh, pretty soon. Um, you know who tweets? But obviously it's like a, Ian Rappaport had like, I got a tweet notification from Ian Rappaport. He's not even, you know, NBA insider, but he's got the first tweet of like when these things are going to happen. So of course. Yeah. And obviously, you know, when we're talking about sports, um, obviously we're leaning in a lot into fantasy baseball because that's really the only big major sport that's in its regular season right now where people are kind of doing that. Um, but obviously hockey, you know, we don't have to talk about the blues per se, but the hockey blues. is winding, winding down. We got a, uh, you know, we got three of the four teams in the conference finals as of this recording. Who do you like? Uh, Monday night Rangers Hurricanes. The rain. It's it's got to be the home team, right? Like, hasn't the home team won every game in that series? The Carolinas, what I think seven and zero at home and zero yeah. and six on the road, and it's yeah. it's it's just weird how how good they look at home versus how bad they look on the road. Yeah, but they're home, so I mean anything can happen in a game seven, though. So you kind of you kind of have to. And I think throw the, the one thing out. for the Rangers is they have the best goalie in the league right now, and Igor Shesterkin, and. I mean, Antiranta was not very good in game six. They pulled him in the second period. So, um, but I mean, it, things get crazy up in Raleigh. So we'll, it'll be, it'll be an interesting game. I think, um, you know, I'm, I think I'm excited for kind of the NHL, the last four, just in terms of, you know, we got the dry side on the, uh, McDavid versus the avalanche, um, which is going to be, you know, I think the Avalanche are going to win, but I think it's, you know, just that matchup, seeing McKinnon and McDavid on the ice playing at, at least four games is going to be like. It's what you, hockey, you know. Hockey deserved that moment. I think the Oilers making this far was not on anybody's radar. Everyone pretty much expects them to be bounced in the first or second round, considering it's they're, they're a one line team, to be quite frank. And, Yes, it's great, and that we, you know, and their and their defense is suspect. And yeah, but Mike you know, they Smith, have Duncan Keith, the best defenseman suspect. of all time. But it's okay. Um, besides the point, yeah. <laughs> for for all those who don't know, um, I'm a Blackhawks fan, so just gotta have to talk up my guys. But yeah, I think the hockey world deserves a McDavid McKinnon showdown. We're getting it. Agreed. I think the Avalanche are going to take that pretty easily. My guess is in like five games, maybe he gets to six, but. And I think even whoever plays, whoever uh, wins the Rangers, Hurricanes, what we're seeing from Tampa Bay right now, like you have to respect it. They're going for their third straight cup. You know, obviously it started with the bubble cup and then it went to last year where they played the team that ended up with the worst (laughs) record. So, you know, you know, some might call the Canadians a fluke last year and, you know, it's just a weird playoffs year, but I mean, you got to respect going for a three peed and it's something that I think, you know, as someone without a team in the race anymore, 
you know, I think I would enjoy seeing Tampa Bay win a third straight cup just for the, the sheer fact of, of kind of the history of it. Obviously, you know, we weren't alive when the, the Islanders, you know, ran the eighties and, and, you know, you know, you had Wayne Gretzky and, and stuff like that during that time frame. So, um, you know, what we had the Blackhawks, you know, they're three and three and five. We've had the Penguins, we've had the Red Wings, um, you know, the Lightning are kind of just that next, you know, super dynasty team. And I think winning three in a row, I mean, I didn't, was the, I think the Islanders were the last yeah, time that I was done, and that time. was in the 80s. When's the last I time? I mean, we, so it's been. Have we had a three? Did the Warriors win three in a row? Have we had a three-peat? The, the Warriors. I think the Bulls, probably. The Bulls. The Bulls? The, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I probably know that. You should probably know that. But um, yeah. I think it'll be – We won't talk about it. I think it'll be, uh, you know, obviously playoffs are a great time of the year. Not great in terms of, you know, your fantasy abilities, but I think it'll be a great uh, – a great a great couple of weeks with the NBA finals, the NHL conference finals, and then the Stanley Cup final. And obviously we're getting into the kind of the the dog days of summer of baseball. So um, lots of exciting stuff going on in the sports world right now. Jake, anything else you want to add for tonight? No, only that. Let's go Avalanche. JT Comfort could bring the cup back to my hometown. So I'll be rooting for that. Sorry, Zach. No three-peat for you. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, share this podcast wherever you're listening. Uh, we have a Twitter account at PC Fantasy Sports on Twitter. Go give us a follow. Uh, go interact with us there. We both will be kind of on that account sharing, sharing some you know updates fantasy-wise throughout the week. But for now, we want to sign off. I'm Zach Prolutsky. I'm Jake Melnick. Have a good week.